Welcome to Country Confidential, the new podcast with 103.7 WXCY and LNP. I'm Brad Austin from WXCY, being joined by the talented entertainment reporter from LNP, Janelle Jancy. Hello, Janelle. Hello, Brad. That's so kind of you. Well, welcome to our first official podcast for Country Confidential. It has appeared in the pages of LNP and on Lancaster Online for a couple of months now. And now we are bringing it to the world of audio and podcasting. It's very exciting. It is. And if this is your first time joining us, if you haven't read the columns yet, the idea is that Brad is a country music aficionado. You're you will likely know his name before you know mine. Um, and while I do like some country music, uh, my tastes are more settled in other genres. <laughs> Eclectic. Like. Yes. Yeah. I definitely am more of a pop music, rock music, hip hop, rap fan before I would call myself a country fan. But that doesn't mean I don't have an open mind. I know Notorious B.I.G. I was listening <laughs> to Hypnotize over the weekend. So, you know, even a country boy can go hip hop once in a while. All right, that earns you some points. There you go. All right, well, Janelle is all things not country. I am all things country, and we are crossroading the two genres together and bringing you the dirt country confidential as I help sway you and Janelle into the world of country music. And Janelle, what a better place to start than to look back at 2016 as we end the year at the top 10 biggest songs in country music. And I'm curious... I think I'm going to give you a 60% on this. I think you're going to know six out of these 10 songs. You ready? Okay. Number one most played popular country music song of the year, Thomas Rhett, Die a Happy Man. I am quite familiar. Are you familiar with his version, or are you familiar with the version that Nelly did, though, being a <laughs> pop hip-hop girl? His version, Thomas right. Rhett's version. Well, that was number one most played nationwide. Number two, Old Dominion Snapback. I have never heard of this song. I knew you would miss that one. I don't know why I knew it, but I knew you would miss that one. Number three, Dirks Bentley, Somewhere on a Beach. That one I'm not familiar with either. Ooh, yeah. only one for three. That's a great song, by the way, especially if you're breaking up with somebody and you want to get away, uh, Somewhere on a Beach, great song for that. Number mm -hmm. four, Rascal Flats. I like the sound of that. I do know. All right, number five, uh, one half of this duo is from the Baltimore, Maryland area, so a regional tie. Low Cash, I Love This Life. I am familiar because they performed uh, at Fall Fest last year, and I, I interviewed them as a preview story. Uh, Fall Fest is a big free concert in Lancaster, so I was familiar with this song and that album. Very nice. All right, well, you're up to three, so that's pretty good. So far, three out of the five. Okay. Number six, Granger Smith, Back Road Song. Do not know. Ooh, swing and a miss. Great guy from Texas. Number seven, John Party, Most Played Songs of the Year. Number seven, Head Over Boots. I am familiar for, for two reasons. One, in, interviewed him before he came to the Chameleon Club uh, in Lancaster earlier this year. And two, I have noticed hashtag Head Over Boots becoming a romantic Instagram hashtag. When really? When people are posting photos with their significant other. Yes, I've noticed, I've noticed that catching on. <laughs> I have not seen that before. That's very interesting. I wonder if John Party is aware of that because that's... Uh... That's pretty cool. People are latching onto that. All right. Number eight, another regional tie. They are both from Southern Maryland, the Deal, Maryland area. Brothers Osborne, stay a little longer. Do know. Do know. You're up to five. You might actually beat my 60%. All right. Number nine, Dustin Lynch, Mind Reader. Do not. Ooh, this is it. I picked you'd get six out of 10, so don't let me down. The 10th most played <laughs> song of the year, 2016, 
Another one, the only person I have two on the list, Thomas Rat and T-shirt. I do know. You are correct. Six out of ten. Look at you. <laughs> All right. Now, out of those, which would be your favorite of the year? Which do you think is your personal taste? Best song of 2016. Oh, personal taste? Um, the John Party song. I thought that was a pretty pretty cute song. I'm going to go with that one. Plus, he was so nice to, to speak to. I really enjoyed talking with him. All right. So you're going with Head Over Boots. I have to say, uh, I think deservedly so, Thomas Rhett has two songs on the list. And I have to say, there are fewer great love songs in country music this decade than Die a Happy Man, a song he wow. wrote for his wife. He also wrote his brand new song, which we'll talk about in just a second as part of 2017. His brand new song, Star of the Show, kind of the follow-up to that. He also wrote that for his wife. And these two are what I call kind of tongue-in-cheek, disgustingly in love. If you don't <laughs> follow Thomas Rhett or his wife on Instagram... These two are so in love with each other. They've known each other since they were kids in like middle school together. And the fact that it has produced not only the biggest song in country of this year, but a song that has the potential of being one of the biggest songs for 2017, I think Thomas Rhett's in a great place right now. And that would be my favorite song on the list. Are they hashtag head over boots? <laughs> I think that they're hashtag head over boots for one another. They absolutely are. Very nice. <laughs> I like how you tied that all together there. Thanks. All right. So 2017 is going to be a big year. And I think country music is in a great spot because, like we just mentioned, there are some very, very new people on that list. Low Cash, very new. Granger Smith for the mainstream crowd, very new. Brothers Osborne just won the big CMA Duo of the Year. They're very new. But there's also some stuff, Janelle, that's kind of bubbling under the surface that we need to keep our eye on for 2017. Is there anybody on your list that people need to pay attention to or maybe discover as we get into 2017? Yeah, definitely. So we had discussed this in the the print column, uh, which again, if you haven't seen it yet, you should check that out. Uh, That's online at uh, LancasterOnline.com, right? They can search for Country Confidential? Yes, they can. Yes. And there is a young woman by the name of Nikki Lane that we had, had kind of discussed if she straddles the line between country or Americana. Not too sure where she fits in, but she really has a nice old country feel. Um, if you're a fan of classic country artists, I think you should check her out. And she's definitely um, kind of a bad girl with an edge. But yeah, if if you are into that sort of thing. I think you should check her out. She's a bad girl with an edge. You did yeah, have my you know, attention kinda. until you said that. <laughs> yeah. What yeah, are you? She's... Okay. Now, is that like, she's kind of like a punk rock, but does like the harder country stuff or what do you mean? You know what? How do you get I... the distinction that she's a bad girl? I, I like, well, bad with like air quotes around it, bad girl, but oh, okay. I, I think yeah, I, I think punk is a good way to describe her. I think she has sort of a punk spirit. There's just something about her that, like, I feel like if I knew her in real life, I would be, like, intimidated, but in a good way. Like, oh, <laughs> like that girl is, like, way too cool for me to hang out with. <laughs> very nice. But she does, you're saying, a very traditional style of country music, which is funny because a lot of country artists, not that they stay away from traditional, but they're more in the mainstream pocket right now. I guess we could call it more pop country. Mm-hmm. And it's some of the people on the edges, like a Sturgill Simpson, like this girl you're talking about, that seemed to, you know, Ashley Monroe maybe, seemed to go right more directly at the heart of traditional country, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've got a couple of people that are bubbling under uh, that we should keep an eye on on, uh, on our list. One of them is Drake White. And if anybody watches football or you've watched football over the last couple of weekends, 
They're actually using some of Drake's music nationwide in a multi-multi-million dollar Geico campaign. They're using a song, Spark, from his debut album. And uh, Drake is getting all sorts of attention. He played with the Zac Brown Band all summer, including the show at Hershey Park. And Drake is just one of these guys that is so talented. When you see him perform live, every inch of his body, every fiber of his being exudes the music that he's playing. And that's really rare for an artist. Not that there's any knock against people who are stand there and sing artists or people that you don't get that same feeling from. But he just, every, every pore on his body is into his performance. And he's such a passionate guy. I really think Drake White is poised to have a pretty big 2017. He could have a big breakout year. Yeah, and he's got a very distinct look about him, too. He's always with the hat, right? Yeah, he's got he's kind of like the White Pharrell. In a way, he's yeah, got like yeah. <laughs> he's got like that wide brim hat, like kind of the ranger looking hat sort of thing, and he's just got a different feel about him. He's from Alabama. He's got when he sings, he's got soul. He does a lot of improv uh, improvisation in his music. Like he'll get up on stage and he'll do a breakdown of a song, and it'll be a minute of just completely made up stuff that he's never sang before. That just works because he's so in the moment when he sings. It's really unbelievable. You got to get. If you haven't seen this guy, you got to get out and see Drake White and the Big Fire at some point. Excellent. And there, and he's not the only one you're keeping an eye on in 2017, right? No. There's actually a potentially big comeback story that's brewing for 2017. And his name is Hunter Hayes. And after I say the name Hunter Hayes, if you picture the bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, little teeny bopper guy, that's exactly what he wants you to be picturing because he's going to surprise you in 2017. Not that he looks any different necessarily, but he's grown up. Hunter is now in his early 20s, and his record label, Janelle, did something that's risky. They told their artists no, and Hunter came to them with a bunch of new music, and they said, you know what? You just, it's not there. You, you don't have it. And instead of cutting ties with him and getting rid of him, they did a really great thing, both creatively for Hunter, but also I think business-wise it'll turn out for them. They put him on a shelf, so to speak, and they said, look, you need to go back in the studio take as much time as it takes, find your new sound, find, find your new style, get your groove, and then come back when it's ready and let's knock this thing out of the park. And I had a chance to hear four songs from Hunter's new album, which will be out in 2017. It is unbelievable stuff. He's grown up. He's had his heart broken a few times. He's been out on the road. He's no longer 15, 16. He's 22, 23. A lot changes in somebody's life. Look at what happened to Miley Cyrus, right? Between 14 mm -hmm. years old and 24 years old. A lot can change for a person. And I think he could be one of the big comeback stories of 2017. In terms of uh, the sound of the songs that you got to hear, are they still very um, guitar-driven? Since I know he's quite a guitar player. He is. Kudos to you for knowing that. Yes, he is a he's a guy that really, if you put nine instruments on stage... He would probably at some point get around to playing all of them. He plays piano really well, plays guitar really well. I think he even plays horns, too. I mean, this kid is super talented. He's a savant when it comes to music. Does a lot of his own producing, a lot of his own writing and arranging. Uh, there is some decent guitar stuff in there because that's kind of in his DNA. But I think what it is is just an evolution of sound for him. And he came out and he had Wanted, which was a really big love song for him. Probably his biggest. This stuff is going to sound the most kind of in that vein, because a lot of the stuff that Hunter did around Wanted is some of the stuff that was kind of like that 
it's good, but it's not great. And Wanted was just such a massive song. Uh, and it was a mature song for where he was at that point in his life. I think that when it comes back now, you're going to hear a lot more of that maturity in his music. But I definitely think that he's still got that guitar lean on it. But it's not overpowering. It's not like, oh, here's a guy who's slaying on guitar, singing a couple of songs around it. It's nice. definitely kind of a more mature sound. And, you know, uh, songs about loving people and losing people and having fun. I really liked what I heard, and I only heard just a little under half of the album. Excellent. And I, I have to say, too, I was checking uh, the comments on our column this morning, and there was a woman who definitely agrees with you about Hunter Hayes. She's writing from all the way from Bellingham, Washington State, which wow. is awesome. And she wrote that, yes, Hunter Hayes is wildly talented and artist to follow, so respected in the industry, love his passion for the craft of songwriting and his uncanny ability to play the hell out of that guitar. <laughs> he thanks can. For the, yeah, thanks for the article. I, too, will be watching in 2017. So that was awesome. Thank Very you, Christy, nice. for reading and, and writing to us. Yeah, all the way from the West Coast, the Pacific time zone. Thanks for going coast to coast with us. And that was through Lancaster Online? It was, yep. It was a comment on the Country Confidential article. I love it. Well, I will say, if uh, you want to get in touch with me, I'm going to give out my contact info right now, depending on where you're going to be listening to this podcast. First of all, you can find WXCY, which is based out of Wilmington, Delaware, and Eastern Maryland. You can find us at WXCYFM.com. You can email me directly, Austin A-U-S-T-I-N, at WXCYFM.com. Or you can find me on social media, and the best way to do that is just search for Brad Austin, facebook.com slash Brad Austin. Or if you want to check me out on Instagram, instagram.com slash Madly Bradley. Don't put an E in Bradley. My parents spelt it oddly. Mm-hmm. And if you put an E in Bradley, you'll get some guy in Papua New Guinea or something like that. But would love to hear from you wherever you're listening to the Country Confidential podcast. Excellent. And if you want to reach out to me and tell me who I should be listening to um, as a country music newbie, so to speak, uh, <laughs> my Twitter is at Janelli, J-E-N-E-L-L-E-Y, or you can send me an email at jjancy, J-J-A-N-C-I, at lnpnews.com. All right. Now, Janelle, we have to get into what could potentially be a controversial topic, depending on how you want to look at it. Oh, boy. And that is, since The Voice just wrapped up and crowned its latest winner, I am hearkened back to thinking about the last several winners of these reality TV singing shows, and there's a pretty stark realization that's coming out of this, and you and I, I think, agree on this. These shows are not producing superstars, even though they're winning these competitions. And there's only a, there's a handful, if that, exceptions to that rule. American Idol, Nashville Star, The Voice. If you look back, American Idol had 15 people win that show. Can you name more than four or five of those winners today? Oh, is this a game? Okay. Yeah, it's a little quiz. Like uh, The first gimme, obviously, is Carrie Underwood, the most successful country artist to come out of American Idol. Yes. And And she she won. Yeah, she won four, right? Season four. I believe so. But can you name five of the American Idol winners? Oh, I I think I think I can. All right, okay. let's see. Go for it. Right, okay. You already have one. Kelly Clarkson. Mm-hmm. Ruben Stuttered. Ruben, I forgot about Ruben. 
Yeah, because he was the original winner's curse, and that Clay Aiken was was so much more popular than him afterwards. That's true. Yep. Um, Fantasia Barino, I believe, Fantasia. was the winner. Yeah, I forgot about her, too. Yes, and then Carrie. Um, gosh, I know Kelly Pickler didn't win. Mm-mm. Taylor Hicks, remember him? I do. Do I make you proud? That's yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. but you think back over these shows, and looking at it in the country music world, Carrie Underwood, wildly successful. Superstar by every stretch of the imagination, can sell mm-hmm. out the Wells Fargo Center, can sell out Hershey Park, has had multi-platinum albums, gigantic number one songs, tons of album sales. But if you look back at some of the other people who have won both American Idol and especially The Voice, The Voice has yet to produce a number one hit off of that TV show, yet it has claimed several big country music winners. Trent Harmon was a winner from American Idol. Trent, the last winner of American Idol, no hit song yet from him, although he's just getting started. Mm-hmm. Cassidy Pope, winner yep. from The Voice, no number one hit from her, although she did just have some success on a duet with Chris Young. Danielle Bradbury, winner of The Voice, did not produce a top 10 country hit. Chris Young, ironically enough, was on Nashville Star. So Chris Young, also a reality TV show guy, but Miranda Lambert, not a winner on Nashville Star, had more success than the winner that season. So you look at it, and is it a curse to win a reality TV show as your path to stardom? I I think so. I think at this point we can say yes, because really the only person to win and really go against that was Carrie Underwood, which was more than 10 years ago now. Yeah, and it was really still in the infancy of Idol, and she was the first country person to win from that show, which I think gave her, first of all, she's incredibly talented. Let's not take that away from her. She didn't become a success because of Idol. That was kind of the conduit. But if you aren't as talented, if you aren't as attractive, if you aren't as nice, if you aren't as talented as Carrie Underwood is, you're not going to have the longevity that she's had. But if you look down through Scotty McCreary, Scotty has had some success at country music. I don't know that we would call him necessarily a superstar in the same category that Carrie is, but there was a year where the two finalists were both country people, Scotty and Lauren. Lauren has yet to claim a top 10 country hit, and I believe Scotty has only two under his belt in the last eight years and has since had to find a new record label. He lost his record deal. So it's interesting when you step back and look and go, you get the shot in the arm of the fame and the publicity. Kelly Pickler. Bucky Covington, Scotty oh McCreary. Gosh. Bucky Covington. I know, right? And his twin brother, Rocky. Bucky and Rocky. There's some fantastic names there. <laughs> and then you look at Lauren Elena. You look back through Josh Grayson from American Idol. You go and you look at all these people. They've become somewhat household names. Like you knew all of those names just by me saying them mm-hmm. because they were on American Idol. One of them has become a superstar in the format. And the same thing now. Looking at The Voice. Team Blake, I believe, has had four winners, four or five winners on that show. Not a single one of them has gone on to become a quote-unquote superstar in the format. Neither has anybody else that won from Team Adam or the other teams. Hmm. So I'm wondering, it makes for great TV. Does it make, necessarily, for great radio or for great music purchasing? Yeah, I, I, I'm having a couple thoughts of why that might be. Um, now, on The Voice, do you get a record contract like you do when you win American Idol? Yes, uh, but okay. I don't believe it's as widely publicized, but yes, uh, 
the person who wins usually has a deal waiting for them with somebody, wherever, whatever genre it's in. Mm-hmm. American Idol used to advertise who the deal was going to be with yeah. before yeah, which, the end of it. Which seems counterintuitive because, you know, record deals are so personal and you need to be on the label that works for you and your music. So there's no such thing as like a one size fits all deal. So that could be part of the reason why people aren't succeeding is because they end up on the wrong label. Um, I also wonder if there's too many cooks in the kitchen in terms of what the finished sound should sound like, because a lot of times on those shows you have to show that you have all this range and that you'll perform one song from this genre one week and one song from this genre next week. And then I wonder if there's too high of an expectation on the artist after they win to sort of put all of those genres together and be this like multi-genre artist, which doesn't always work. Um, And then the other thing is I wonder if people get too used to sort of seeing you for free every night that now they don't want to pay to hear the the album mm-hmm. that they don't want to go other way to do it because it was just delivered to them on their couch every night well and that that's the thing that i always think i you know people i think gravitate towards music that speaks to them i don't think people necessarily buy music just because of the fact that it's popular you know what i mean just because your friend likes a song if you hear that song and don't like it you're not going to buy it just because they liked it you know what i'm you know what i'm trying to say Yeah, yes and no. I mean, there's some things where, um, like, I know people who felt an obligation to go buy uh, 1989 by Taylor Swift just because it was sort of this, like, pop culture moment. You know, they felt Mm. like, okay, I have to, I have to sort of know what everyone's talking about here. So I know people that own that album. Which, by the way, that's a fantastic album. If I can just say, even though it's a pop album, that's a really good album. Well, we'll leave that discussion for another oh, day. Oh, you know, you're disagreeing with me. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'll tell you what you and I can probably agree on. Brian Adams did a great cover of the 1989 album. Ryan, not Brian. Ryan, Ryan. Adams, you're right. I'm yes. a country guy. Cummings, I had all, all but one letter of that correct. <laughs> no, I so I am a, a huge Ryan Adams fan, actually. So I, I was quite familiar with that, with that cover album. Go. But yeah, so I don't know. I just, I look at it and as we deconstruct these shows, Nashville Star was kind of the original country singing competition long before The Voice and really Idol had any country. And you had a winner on on there named Buddy Jewell, who was one of the big winners from Nashville Star. Went on to have one or two minor hits and is now in the artist protection program. I have no idea what Buddy Jewell is doing these days. Miranda Lambert did not win that show, was not able to get enough votes Idol style to win Nashville Star. Miranda Lambert is a superstar in country music. <clears throat> Chris Young was on that show. And there are several others that have gone through kind of both of these chains. And I'm just wondering now that Nashville Star is no longer on the air, Idol is no longer on the air, we're really left with Lip Sync Battle, which isn't really a competition <laughs> for new artists, and The Voice. Is it that people are realizing that the ratings for these shows, although still strong, Idol was still often number one. It just wasn't number one as much as it was before. Are people starting to realize that maybe that phase has passed? You know what I mean? Like, has the has the shelf life been reached on shows like this? Because, yes, people are still voting, but there's really not the participation after the show goes off the air. And did you watch The Voice at all this season or last season? Uh, I 
I think I caught a couple episodes last season. I don't think I caught any this season. My my significant other is not a fan, so we typically do not watch that. Uh, okay. And I, I I will watch it when I am, am home with my parents. But your significant um, other is not a fan of music in general, or just those no, competition no, no, shows. No, he is he is a huge music fan, just okay. not those those competition. I shows was al- that... I was all set to not like this gentleman if, if he didn't <laughs> like music. But here here's what I'm driving at. Here's the point uh, that I'm trying to make. It's like when you sit and you look at these shows, uh, it's like, okay, all of them now are almost casting this. And you've got, I got that feel towards the end of American Idol. But if you look at The Voice, they had a guy on the, on the show this year named Billy Gilman. And Billy was a very, very young Leanne Rimes-esque country music singer. Billy came out when he was 12 or 13 years old. His voice hadn't changed yet, literally. Uh, and was a country music artist, had a record deal, released music, was on tour. His voice changed. He changed. He went away for a while. All of a sudden, popped back up on the show. Megan Lindsley, she used to be in the duo Steel Magnolia, which mm-hmm. had a top 40 country hit. Uh, that duo broke up. She kind of disappeared a little bit. Then all of a sudden reemerged on the show. And neither one of those two, who had record deals and top 40 country hits, were strong enough to win the actual show. So I'm looking at it and I'm going, are they forcing it a little bit too much now? Do you get the feeling that things are being shoved down your throat? Uh, you know, I think the problem with people that are already established being on those competition shows, aside from the fact that it's a little unfair, is that I think people like voting for the underdog. They like rooting for the underdog in those shows. So a lot of times I think, oh, well, it's it's not worth it for me to text my vote for Billy or Megan because they probably already have a following. I'm going to I'm going to use my time to vote for the other person I like on the show, you know, if they're if they're deciding between two. And I think the reason that um, participation has gone down a lot is because back when these things started, that was a pretty novel idea that you know you could you could voice your opinion on on artists and these people were literally from nowhere they came out of nowhere to become successful mm -hmm. and that was kind of the appeal you were helping change somebody's life who carrie underwood was from an itty bitty town in oklahoma and had only dreamed of being a singer now in a case like billy gilman or megan these are people who had already been to the top of the mountain right so doesn't that take some of the luster away from supporting them Definitely. And the and uh, the the point I was going to make before is that because that was such a novel idea at that moment, um, people wanted to do it more, whereas now you can tweet your opinion about anything and sort of feel like you're participating in some sort of larger conversation. But when American Idol was in its heyday and before that Nashville star and before that you could be a star, which I believe was the first country wow. competition show. Yeah, I mean, you go all the way back to like Star Search. Do you do you know why I know about You Can Be a Star though? Were you on You Can Be a Star? I don't know why you know that. My father was on You Can Be a Star. You're kidding me. He was. Him and my uncle had a um, a country music duo, duo, and they performed on it. They didn't advance to the next round, but they they flew to Nashville and uh, performed live from there on broadcast wow. television. Yeah, I you totally trumped me on that. The only connection to any of those reality shows that I have is one of my best friends who I met when I lived in Mississippi about a decade ago, a little more than a decade ago, named Richie Jones. Fantastic, good old country boy from Mississippi. Was on Nashville Star and I think made it to the top 12 or something. 
Nice. Um, did not make it to the top five or top seven, whatever the next cutoff was. But uh, I'm not even related to Richie. So you totally, you one up me on that. That's really, really cool. <laughs> what what year was that? What time frame was that? Oh, man, that is such a great question. I think I think it was early 80s cause I, or mid 80s, maybe. I know that my, my brothers were born, but but I was not. I know that because wow. I'm. Yes, I'm a millennial, so I, I was not around when... You're a 90s baby in your 80s Mercedes? Yeah, well, one day I'll have the 80s Mercedes, maybe. I got I the know. first part down, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Top down, radio on, Marin Morris style. I, I do have for you, when you do get your 80s Mercedes, from Marin, <laughs> she gifted me a hula girl that can stick on your dashboard. That's awesome. And because Brad Austin in his Chevy Silverado pickup truck Probably should not have a hula girl on the dash. I've done nothing with it. So if you ever get your 80s Mercedes, you now have a hula girl. Don't buy one. Oh, thank you so much. I can sleep better at night. I know you can. taken care of. I know. (laughs) Well, you know, it's the little things you think about when you're daydreaming about the 80s Mercedes. You know, the hula girl is the next thing. Absolutely. And we have digressed off of that. But very cool about your dad and your uncle being on that show. I thought, I remember Sawyer Brown. You probably don't know that name, but they were a band in country music. Still are. I think they're out there performing. Sawyer Brown had a ton of hits in the late 80s and throughout all of the 90s. Songs like Some Girls Do and The Walk and Dirt Road. and uh, Tons of great songs. And they came off of Star Search. They were on Star Search, the old Star Search with Ed McMahon, mm-hmm. which is probably about that same time frame that your dad yep. was competing too. It was. You just never know. But I think... To wrap up that conversation, I really think the luster is just gone because I think uh, people have seen how the sausage is made now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. Social media, it's an instantaneous world. And it has been for a while, but even more so now when you can put a hashtag out there of something and, you know, like head over boots, which we were talking about earlier, and it becomes a thing and it spreads and everyone knows everything instantly. There just doesn't seem to be enough mystery left anymore for some of these competitions to really captivate people because they can't perform in a, in a vacuum. They, they don't exist in a bubble. Now somebody shows up on American Idol and people can research them and Wikipedia and Google and, you know, find their Instagram and their Twitters and all this stuff and almost know too much about them before the competition really has a chance to get off the ground. Absolutely. So I just think, and I also think I'm going to say this on the record. I think it's cheating even though it's not against the rules on The Voice, I think it's cheating when these people get on these shows and they do the blind auditions and they're people who have already had record deals. I think it ruins the credibility of these shows, even though I love Megan and I love Billy and they're ridiculously talented. And Gwen Sebastian before that, we want the Carrie Underwoods. We want the Kelly Clarksons. We want these hellaciously talented people that seem to come out of nowhere And they shouldn't have to compete with somebody who is coming back around for a second chance, a second bite at the apple, if you will. And I think that that dilutes it. And I think it hurts the credibility of these shows. Yeah, because that was part of the the charm of it, that that if if you were from the same town as Carrie Underwood, you could have been like, oh, that girl was waiting tables the other night at my favorite restaurant. I'm going to give you $20 if you can name Carrie Underwood's hometown in Oklahoma. Ugh. It's not going to happen. It's just okay. not going to happen. Chicota, Oklahoma, Chicota. by the way. Chicota. Yeah. Oh, I had heard that before. Darn it. $20. You could have had it. It could have been a late Christmas gift for you, you know? <laughs> Think of what you could have spent that $20 on. 
I know, I know. Um, I I do. I remember her auditions so clearly. She had that curly hair and the flannel shirt, and she was just so so darn charming. She was like America's sweetheart, wasn't she? She was. She was. Even people. I remember talking to people who knew that I worked in country radio at the time. And they're like, you know, I don't really listen to a lot of country, but that girl, Carrie, is so sweet. I hope she wins. Like, she transcended generations. Like, it was the first time a country person had won that show. I think Josh Grayson was on the season before that. And you remember how Simon Cowell mocked him so much? Because he was the (laughs) Marine, and he was into country, and he was trying to get him. But Carrie Underwood, even Simon Cowell, who hated country music and still does, even Simon, by the end of that, is like, if you don't win this show, America has got it wrong. And she just, we want that moment again. And it seems like we're never going to get that because it's too manufactured now. Mm-hmm. And we know too much about how the sausage is made, so to speak. Absolutely. Well, Janelle, I feel like we have confidentially gone behind the scenes in country music. Do you feel confident that we've gone confidential? I feel confident about the confidentiality. All right. We got to uh, we got to step it up though. We got to go even more confidential next time. I got to dig up some dirt. We've got the contacts at Nashville. We got to start getting the nitty-gritty on some of these people and really make this a little bit of an exposé in addition to talking about the future of country music and getting you I want to titillate you. I want to entice you to want to <laughs> learn more about country music. I really want you to feel like Brad Austin is showing me the light of country music. We will see. Can't pull out all the stops on the first one, though. No. Hey, baby steps. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to crawl before you walk, and you got to walk before you run. <laughs> all right. Check it out online. LancasterOnline.com is the website where you can find the article. Search for Country Confidential. We'll also be podcasting here, so make sure you subscribe. And if you want to reach out one more time, let's hit the uh, socials and the contact info. Uh, ladies first, Miss Jancy. Sure. So my Twitter is at Janelle, J-E-N-E-L-L-E-Y. And my email is jjancy, J-J-A-N-C-I at lnpnews.com. And if you want a more direct link to get to the Country Confidential article, uh, you can go to bit.ly, which is B-I-T dot L-Y slash L-N-P country 2017. There you go. And if you want to reach out to me, At WXCY for Wilmington, Delaware, Haverty Grace, Maryland, and Southern Pennsylvania. We're online, WXCYFM.com. You can listen to the radio station, stream it live there. I do the afternoon show from 3 to 7 Eastern. You can also reach me via email, Austin A-U-S-T-I-N, at WXCYFM.com. Janelle, have I intrigued you enough to want to go purchase any sort of music or listen to any of the songs that we've talked about today? Have I done my job? You know, I, I definitely am going to check out Drake White. I, from what you've told me, I think that, that I will like him. So I'm going to give him a solid, respectful listen. I think you're going to. And he is probably the most non-mainstream country, country artist that we talked about today. He leans into the blues world leans into a little bit of the rock world, a little bit of the soul world with gigantic doses of kind of Alabama soul country. I think you're going to like him. Get his album Spark and check out my boy Drake White. I'm into it. All right, Janelle, thank you for being confidential with me. I appreciate that. (laughs) Thank you, Brad.